Hello, and welcome to the Legion Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, I'll be discussing the Legion of Superheroes from DC Comics. This is Legion Spotlight number 15, and in this episode, I'm taking a step back and recapping what all I've covered in the first year of the Legion Spotlight episodes. Now, I started this out as something of an experiment, one to do solo episodes, which I don't normally do, and also just to read through the entire Legion stuff, because it's it's a great series. I enjoy it a lot. I haven't read all of it. I've read a lot of it. And certainly once I got on board with Superboy and the Legion and stuff, I've been going ever since. But I haven't read all the original material. It's been, in some cases, decades since I've read some of the other material, you know, whenever it first came out. And in this first year of these Legion Spotlight episodes, I've covered about the first five years of the Legion of Superheroes comics and continuity. I've covered 54 issues across seven different titles for a total of around 731 pages. Now, from Action Comics, and this is the first run starting back in 1938, we've hit issues 252, 261, 267, 276, 285, 287 through 290, 292 to 293, and 298. Now, from Adventure Comics, also launching back in 1938-ish, it's always a little hard to get the exact years, because is it the cover date? Is it what's in the Indicia? Anyways. We've covered from Adventure Comics parts of issues 195, 210, 247, which is where the Legion originated, 267, 282, 287, 288, 290, 293, and 300 to 314. For more fun comics, which launched, I believe, in 1936, we covered issue or part of issue 101 from Superboy from 1949. We've covered parts of issues 76, 86, 89, 93, 98, 100, and 147. From Superman from 1939, we've covered parts of issues 80, 152, 155, and 156, plus Superman Annual number 4. And then from Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, launched in 1954, we've covered parts of issues 31, 62, 63, 70, and 72. Now, we're not covering, for the most part, the entire issues. I've just been covering the Legion-specific stories, or where a Legionnaire showed up in a meaningful capacity. There have been a few cases that I've skipped over where it was very clearly an imaginary story or something like that. They were a cameo appearance, and I just skipped it. No, don't don't ask me what issues those were, because they didn't make my list, and I've since forgotten about them. Because putting together the list which has, I don't know, 1,660-ish comics or thereabouts. That took me some doing. I've got it up on a webpage on the comicbookpage.com website. If you go to the menu and you go over to the other section, there's a Legion of Superheroes reading list, which has that full list. Now, in addition to those comics, I've included a few other things, and I've broken them out by year. So again, we've gone as far back as 1945 for the first appearance of Superboy, covered a few things from 1953, uh, 1955, and then from 1958, where the Legion of Superheroes originated in Adventure Comics 247, 
moving forward. And we've gotten through most, but not quite all, of 1963. I think we still have some comics from December left to do. But since this episode was going to be kind of the one-year anniversary of the Legion Spotlights, I figured it'd be fun to take a step back and see how much ground we've covered so far. Now, again, a lot of those comics, there's just a couple of pages of story here and there, but it's already totaled up to, like I said, about 731 pages. And I say about because I'm counting the interior cover page, which isn't really story material, but it's part of the story. You could have the rules of how you count the pages half a dozen different ways and get to different totals. I'm going with this. Now, for the Legionnaires we've gotten so far, we started with Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl. We got Superboy, Supergirl. We saw the addition of Bouncing Boy, Brainiac 5, Phantom Girl, Shrinking Violet, Sun Boy, Chameleon Boy, Colossal Boy, Invisible Kid, Star Boy, Ultra Boy, Matter Eater Lad, Mon L, Mystery Lad, or really Element Lad, as we, we know him better, and Lightning Lass. And that right there is a pretty sizable group of Legionnaires. I would say that's close to half of what I would consider to be the classic Legion lineup. Now, we also got the honorary member of Jimmy Olsen as Elastic Lad. Now, we've had Pete Ross show up, but I don't think he's officially become an honorary member yet. And we've got a few other honorary members coming in the future, and I'm not exactly sure when we get, like, again, Pete Ross or Lana Lang or a few others. And it's part of why I'm continuing to do these episodes is I'm curious, you know, how far into the mythos we get them, etc. But we've seen the first appearance of Dev M., the adult legion of superheroes kind of starting that branch of its own continuity of the Legionnaires as adults versus Superman's adventures as a, a teenager of Superboy and such. We've gotten the Supergirl emergency squad of, of Kandor. We've gotten Marla, who's the adult supervisor of the Legion that so far we've only gotten the one appearance of. So not really much of a, well, he's more of an advisor than supervisor, but he's not really giving him any advice as far as I can tell. Anyways, we've gotten Comet the Super Horse, we've gotten the Science Police, the Legion of Substitute Heroes, and they've had kind of two issues that were focused on them instead of the Legion. But of that group, we've gotten Polar Boy, Night Girl, Stone Boy, Fire Lad, and Chlorophyll Kid, which is again the, the classic core lineup. We get a few other members later. We got the official Legion of Superheroes flag, which it's like, okay, that's interesting. And we also got Prody, who of course, not of course, but who did die, and we got Prody 2. Now, Prody died because that was part of the resurrection of Lightning Lad. So Lightning Lad, not only did we get him being in the, the Legion, we got his death and his, his resurrection. And I'm going to put death and resurrection kind of in quotes for him, because maybe he was dead, maybe he was in a deep coma. It's, it's hard to say. The other member that's kind of interesting is Sunboy, because we got his expulsion from the Legion and his rejoining the Legion. So just in the first couple of years of the mythos, we've already had a member die and come back and quit and come back. Now, we're obviously going to have a lot more of that as time goes on, but those are some of the, the highlights we've hit. Now, what's interesting is we haven't gotten a ton of origins. Now, we've seen the origin of the Legion of Super Pets, the origin of the Legion of Substitute Heroes. We've learned about the origin of Sunboy, Bouncing Boy, and Lightning Lad. And Lightning Lad's origin is kind of the most interesting. Because not only do we get him having gotten hit by the lightning beasts on that planet, but then when it was retold as one of the Legion of Supervillains stories, his basically evil brother was there too. When we get Lightning Lass, she was also there, 
And to me, it just reeks of like a Saturday Night Live skit where they keep retelling the origin and you get more and more and more family members, you know, the eighth cousin, the the uncle twice removed, etc. sort of a thing. But they wound up in the comics just paring it down to those three, but or keeping it down to those three, not paring it down. But you know what I mean? I just, I, whenever they retold the origin, it seemed like another relative was there, which is hilarious. Now, I started with the first appearance of the Legion of Superheroes, and that was in Adventure Comics 247 in 1958. Now, I have gone back and covered the first appearances of a few other characters, specifically Superboy, Mon-El. We got the appearance of Wizzy, which is a descendant of Streaky, Supergirl's cat, but also Mars Boy, who was essentially a precursor to Star Boy. I mean, I compared their first appearances, and man, the stories are so much in parallel that Star Boy's issue is effectively just a rewrite of the first Mars Boy one. Halk Carr, which is kind of a precursor of Monel, but a, a Superman adult version. I went back for the first appearances of Crypto, Jimmy Olsen as Elastic Lad, Supergirl, Super Monkey, Streaky, Supergirl's Cat, which also had the ex Kryptonite first appearance. And as I continue to move forward on this, as I hit some other stuff that kind of piques my interest, I may go back and dig up okay, what was the first appearance of? And at some point, and it may be that whenever Pete Ross becomes an honorary legionnaire, I may go try to dig up what issue he discovered Clark Kent was Superboy or Superboy's Clark Kent, depending on your perspective, and cover that issue as well. Because it gets referenced a ton of stuff in a certain period of, of Superboy comics and whatnot. So I think going and finding that would be would be fun. Now, on some of these issues... I've basically read them and just recorded on others. I've read them, took a bunch of notes, and then recorded. And I'll be honest, I'm still trying to figure out a good process for doing these episodes. Because my initial thought was, hey, these are going to be quick and easy episodes. I'll just sit down, I'll read, I'll record, knock it out, boom, I'm done. And sure, maybe in a few cases that was actually what happened. In a lot of the others, it's been a bit more time. Some of that is Silver Age stories tend to be a little more dense, and even if it's only 15, 16 pages or whatever, it covers a lot more ground than a modern comic. Some of it is I've taken a couple of pages of notes on a few of these issues, and in a few other cases, I'll hit something, it piques my interest, and I'll go spend a little time on the internet kind of searching, okay, when do we see this character again? Do we see this character again? Have we seen this one before? Because... In some cases, they're playing into the, the bigger Superboy, Supergirl, Superman mythology that had already been established. So certainly there have been a few you know research digressions on my side, particularly around the time it's like, okay, we've got the Legion of Super Pets. What is the first appearance of Super Monkey or Crypto or some of these other characters, and can I go hunt them down? And certainly having a sizable comic book collection helps on a lot of that. Having a decent number of you know, Legion archives and other hardbacks and trade paperbacks and such, and some of the like Adventure Comics digests back when they were reprinting a lot of the early Legion stuff, or Best of DC or Blue Ridgeman digest, a few things like that for reprints helps a lot. But just doing the research again to find some of these things. The Grand Comic Book Database is currently one of the two main resources I'm using for finding stuff. The other is the Legion of Super-Heroes.com website, which has a ton of information, and particularly the publications section. I've been keeping an eye on what changes they're making to that. 
uh, specifically on the newer end of it, of what items are getting added for you know the 2023 and stuff like that. And as great of a resource as that website is, and it's it's awesome. I went through their full publication list as I was building my my reading list. They included every appearance of Booster Gold because he's wearing a flight ring. Every appearance of any alien race that was featured in the Legion. So the Durlins, the the Kuns, all sorts of those. And that's great. I think it's a good reference to have. But again, I'm trying to stay more tuned towards the Legion itself, not every story nugget offspring of that. So again, some of the research of just what gets included, the order to include it in, and stuff like that. It's been fun to do, but a little bit of research. And I'll admit, I'm doing this in a roughly chronological order. I'm not claiming it is a hardcore chronological order, because I'm using what was the date they have on these comics back from the 50s and 60s. And of course, the date they had was kind of the date you're supposed to take it off the rack, not when it was actually published. So I may be reading a few things a little out of order than we would be if we were actually back in time pulling this stuff off the rack. And again, I'm pleased with how much progress I've made over this first year of it, getting through about five years of continuity. Now, granted, in a few of these years, it's not like there was a whole lot to cover, but, you know, having covered everything prior, you know, well, everything, it's, I don't know, half a dozen issues or so prior to 1959. Actually, I, you know, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63. So that's, yeah, five years or just shy thereof. And again, some of them have a lot more comics than others, particularly once the Legion got a, a monthly feature in Adventure Comics. And in the future decades, there are going to be some where, man, there's a ton of comics coming out every week, others where there's next to none, which I think is a crime. Now, I'm curious what you all think of how this is going. Am I going too slow? Am I going too fast on some of this? I know there have been a couple of issues I've talked quite a bit about, and one or two that I've just kind of, yeah, it happened. Here's a highlight, and I've moved on at about about that quickly. And I'm trying to give the coverage of the comic the time it deserves based on the relevance of it, my interest in it, and that's a very subjective uh, standpoint, and I, I fully admit that. But a lot of this is foundational aspects that, particularly as we've been adding, you know, Legionnaires left, right, and center and whatnot, I, I think it's it's worth kind of going through. Because this is also, I think, a different era of storytelling and just a completely different period of comics than what we have now. Because even as far as I've covered, it's about another seven, eight months before we get the first appearance of the Teen Titans over in Brave and the Bold 54, which happens in June 1964. We're not all that much further. Well, I guess Flash of Two Worlds, that was back in... September 1961. So again, the Legion predating the concept of the multiverse at DC, even in its its most original form. And then again, the Legion predating the Justice League by almost a year. Actually, no, the Justice League came out in Brave and the Bold 28 in February, March 1960. And the first appearance of the Legion was April 1958. So almost two years. And Silver Age storytelling has a lot of of quirks, some of which I like, some of which admittedly I tolerate. I love the done in one aspect and kind of getting to the point and to the story and, and getting in and getting out. 
a couple of times, it's like, yeah, you went by a little fast and it's almost a slideshow of, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened, we're done. It's like, sometimes it feels, I don't say, well, a little too fast and they gloss over some stuff by today's standards. But I also don't think a lot of these adventures would need the four to six issues they would probably get today either. Now, the other storytelling aspect of this era that's really kind of stood out to me, and I knew this was going to be the case, was the solve the story aspect of almost the game between the creators and the consumers of the creators. It's like, hey, you know, have you figured out what we've done yet? Have you figured it out? You know, and we'll tell you at the end what the the, the secret of the story was of, oh, we revealed this and that should have clued you in that, you know, this wasn't really Superboy or whatever. Or some of the other almost cliche story plots of the secret identity and Superboy having to prevent Lana from figuring it out, or sometimes the Legion's trying to figure it out, or there have been one or two that were some fun reversals on it as well. But the whole secret identity, you know, can we can we crack the identity stories? I'm not a huge fan of those. I think secret identities are part and partial of superheroes, and particularly in this era, I, I mean, even the modern day, I think they secret identities actually make more sense now than they did in the past. But with the Legion, it's interesting because they are, I was going to say almost celebrity status people, but they they are literally celebrity status people. Witness the galactic mourning and whatnot when Lightning Lad died. Now, it's also interesting that they're intergalactically known, but then there are times they're infiltrating underground elements that don't know what they look like, which is like, okay, you have it both ways. That's kind of funny. But Again, the the storytelling style with shorter stories, with a part one, part two, and a bit of a hook in between, and not trying to outsmart the reader, but to challenge the reader to figure out where they're going and such. It's, again, a very different storytelling mindset than we've got today. And there are some issues that are a little wackier or a little more out there and stuff that I think we would get today because they were playing a little fast and loose. And there's certainly, I think, elements of Legion continuity that were originally put out there as something of a joke and just kind of stuck. And I think, particularly when we get later down the line, some people not realizing that the story was not meant to be taken seriously. It was a lighthearted, a farcical thing, yet it's taken as, as kind of gospel truth or what have you. The origin of the original Legion clubhouse in the 80s in Secret Origins is a good example of that, as is the appearance of Arm Fall Off Lad around that same point. And again, I'm still reading in the 60s, that's, you know, in the 80s, but I did read a few of those things to check out a couple of things before watching the Legion of Superheroes animated movie that came out recently. And I do have an episode of that coming up. Now, I got some questions from Jason Z. I figured it'd be fun to answer. He finds it hard to believe a, a year's gone by since the Legion Spotlight started. He thinks the series is going pretty well. And I agree. I'm I when I realized it's been a year, it's like, wow, we've we've covered a lot of ground and it has gone by fast. He wants to know how I would rate these early issues of the Legion during the Silver Age. And again, there's a Silver Age storytelling style that we're having here that sometimes really works. It's a more innocent time. It's a simpler time bad guys are bad guys, or more often, bad guys are just people rejected from the Legion, but that's a separate problem. And if you hold it up compared to a modern story, we've got a bit more angst, a lot more depth, 
and a slower storytelling pace, it's so apples to orange, it's not even funny. I'm finding most of these issues in the Silver Age are holding up well for me. There are a few where some aspects seem a little silly, certainly, but nothing that is utterly ludicrous or kind of breaking my suspension of disbelief, if you will. But I'm curious how the shift into the Bronze Age, how noticeable the storytelling changes are going to be there, and kind of when we hit hit that, because I think my sweet spot for the Legion is somewhere in the 70s, 80s time frame. Not to say they didn't have great stuff before and after, but again, that's when I got into it. So that was certainly some of it. And when we're going to have a bit more ongoing story elements, because I mean, we've got a few ongoing story elements, you know, the death of Lightning Lad, can we get him back, that sort of a thing. But there's also a few elements that I think reflect the different creators they've got on the book, because there are a couple of times where the story is being told as if we've got all of the Legion present, yet Element Lad or Matter Eater Lad or Starboy are nowhere to be found. And I haven't chased that down to, is this something that some other creator added and Edmund Hamilton just didn't know, didn't care, didn't include, or or what's going on there? Or were there too many and they just didn't have room to put them all in or didn't think to put them all in, whatever. Because in this era, the Silver Age, they've got letter pages. They've got readers coming in saying, hey, you forgot about this or what about that? And that was just a part and parcel of comic fandom at the time. Now, because this was being done by kids writing a letter, putting it in a mailbox with a stamp, sending it off, it's getting read, it's getting typeset, all that stuff. It was a slow turnaround in the terms of months versus, you know, the modern age with the internet, where the instant the comic comes out, or sometimes it seems like even before then, you've gotten, you know, replies all the way back to the creators, the editors, instantly. So most of these Silver Age stories so far, solid reads, easily in that, you know, B minus, B, B plus range, some better than others. There have been a few that I thought just covered an astounding amount of ground in a fairly short page count by today's standards. I mean, even 25 pages of story in a single issue, which exceeds what we'd get in a single issue, they cover more ground there than we would typically get in a six-issue arc day. So I've been been very happy with that, and I've been enjoying what I'm reading, and often, you know, again, hitting Wikipedia to, to go find out, does this character show up again? Do they not? what is this reference they're making over here? A few things like that. And just kind of, because sometimes I'll be thinking, it's like, I think this plays out later. Let me go double check that. And sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. I'm, I I try to mention some of that in the episodes, if it's relevant and some of it we'll get to, you know, when they, the, the things circle back in, into the continuity. Now, while I'm enjoying these Silver Age stories, because of these differences in the storytelling style, they are not going to be for everybody. Some people have a lower tolerance for the slower storytelling, the more words on the page, the almost slideshow aspect at times. I'm going to say the slideshow aspect. There are a couple of the early issues where you almost get a panel, maybe two for a scene, and then you're off to the next scene. Or people literally seem to travel halfway across the, the, the galaxy in a panel or two just because it was a faster-paced story, because they had fewer pages and they were doing multiple stories per issue, 
and there was not the expectation the reader would have access to the previous or subsequent issue. So again, some people can handle the, that storytelling a lot better than others. So if you're thinking about reading some of this stuff, obviously, you know, listen to the episode, see what you think. But keep in mind that storytelling from the, you know, the 40s, 50s, and 60s is very, very different than it is today. Not to say better or worse, but they were hitting a different target audience. They had a different mindset and telling a different type of story to, to service those needs. Now, Jason also wondered which issue stood out to me as the most memorable or the best. And he gives an example for him that the death and later resurrection of Lightning Lad was a great arc. And certainly, I, I definitely think that was a terrific arc. I'll be honest, when we got Lightning Lass, that was the issue I thought they were going to be bringing back Lightning Lad because I'd forgotten, oh yeah, that was her origin and such. Man, I would be hard-pressed to say which of these has been my favorite. There have been a couple that are just a, a ton of fun. I thought the first appearance of Ultra Boy was, was great. Again, we haven't seen a ton of him in the Legion kind of sense because, again, there's a lot of characters to deal with. And beyond that, man, there are one or two, like the one where they killed off, it seemed like all the Legionnaires, and it's like, okay, part two is going to have to undo this, and certainly it did. That was a fun story, but again, kind of telegraphed where it had to go. There are a few, such as the secret origin of Bouncing Boy. I, I really don't think the origin of, I drank the experimental formula I was supposed to be delivering somewhere because I was goofing off at a sporting event and lost track of what I was drinking. Really, that, that not a great origin, but Bouncing Boy's a fun character, so I thought that was pretty good, and man, really beyond that, it's hard for me to say that, that any kind of really stand out a lot more than the rest, and a part of that is, again, I've been reading those over the span of a year, and there are already aspects of the stuff I'm forgetting, which is part of why in some cases I was taking a ton of notes to help, help prevent that. I, I don't know that it is, but yeah. So I'm enjoying all that I'm reading. It's all a lot of fun, but I haven't really gotten to what I would consider my my sweet spot of the Legion yet. And I think I think we're definitely going to get there by the time we get to the 70s. I'm just curious at what point between 1963, the tail end of that where we are now, and and then you know the 70s and stuff. When do we really get into what I would consider that groove of they're out of the Silver Age storytelling, more into the Bronze Age, which is a little bit more to my liking. Still kind of done in one storylines, but more plot lines that go over issues, giving it that never-ending saga aspect, and a little less the how clever are we as a, a creator to let's just tell good stories and really flesh out these characters. So again, I'm, I'm enjoying a lot of these a ton, but... I'm still thinking better days are, I know better days are ahead for the Legion. Jason's next question was, do I plan to continue to cover issues in consecutive order of Legion publications? And the basic answer to that is yes. For the Legion Spotlight, I'm still planning on going pretty much straight chronological with the everything in December. Am I getting them in the exact order they came out that December? Maybe not. Is there some stuff that has a November publishing date that really came out later, or January that didn't come out before. So there's going to be a little fudge factor at that level. But pretty much I'm planning on, at this point, continuing down the, the reading list I've got on the website and just continuing through that. Now that having been said, I do reserve the right to do back-issue spotlights, either with James or other people, on particular Legion stories. 
because I think there's a ton that would just be a, a lot of fun to go do. James and I have talked about going through the kind of JLA JSA team ups over the years, not in a you know panel by panel, blow by blow kind of coverage, but more to kind of expand his horizons on the classic DC universe and multiverse. Because starting with the Flash of Two Worlds, the the first JLA JSA team up, and then kind of bouncing from team up to team team up as they encounter the crime syndicate, the seven soldiers of victory, the new gods, the legion, other characters like that, I think would be just a ton of fun. So that I I would like to do. And again, there's some legion appearances there. There's also a few other legion stories that I would be happy to do back issue spotlights on. And, you know, when I get to them in the legion spotlight, either refer people to those back issue spotlights or more likely just kind of cover them again in the flow. And part of why I want to stay in consecutive order is it's allowing me to kind of build up that continuity as I go, versus if I were to just bounce around in time, I think it'd be hard for for me, certainly, and also for, I think, listeners to contextualize the stories. I did, I was at the uh, book club recently, and we were covering the first part of Cosmic Odyssey, and Marvin asked me if one of the characters really acted that way at the time. To which my first question is, okay, wait, when exactly did Cosmic Odyssey come out? And then can I pin that down to where this other character was in the other books at that time? And then can I remember how that character was portrayed at that time? Because the challenge I have with back issue spotlights is I can do the story in isolation, but that is different than reading it in the context of the current comics and the then previous comics, if, if you kind of know what I mean. In other words, if I were to come at some of these issues of the Legion without having the build-up to them, they would read differently than having worked my way up to them. And in some cases, also knowing more clearly what comes later would color my, my opinions of them. So yeah, I'm planning for the Legion Spotlight to continue with the consecutive order of it. In some cases, I may pick up the pace. In other cases, I may slow down a little again. It depends what's happening in some of these issues and how interested I am in it. And certainly if you all have thoughts on that, I've got a thread on the forum for questions and comments on the Legion Spotlight. Weigh in if you think I'm going too fast, too slow, or if you have questions on you know what's going on or, or what I think of stuff. And Jason's next question is an interesting one of, uh, do I think I would consider a co-host later on for stories like The Great Darkness Saga? Or the JLA or JSA JLA Legion crossover or Legion of Three Worlds, for example. Now, certainly the Legion of Three Worlds, I think, would be a ton of fun to do as a back issue spotlight with a co host or two covering that one. Because there, I think there's a lot to be had for discussion. And actually, I think James would be an interesting co host for that. Because honestly, I think he'd be coming at it from a elementary knowledge of the Legion, and honestly, I expect he would be overwhelmed by three full Legions showing up in a story, a story drawn by George Perez, no less, where it's not just they're there, but you see them there, because there's a ton of characters to keep track of. But it would also be fun to have somebody else, be it, well, like Jason Z, for example, somebody who's a lot more knowledgeable in the Legion and stuff like that, and just kind of coming at it from that angle as well, because certainly that's where I would be coming at it from is something with the a deeper background on who each of the legions were and whatnot. So yeah, for stories like that and other kind of 
big landmark ones, like I said before, I'm happy to do those as back issue spotlights long before I would ever get around to them in the Legion spotlight. And there's nothing to say we can't do that. As a matter of fact, like I said, it'd be fun to do that. Again, the JLA-JSA Legion crossover I think would be a ton of fun to do. I do kind of want to do that in a series of, you know, moving forward from Flash of Two Worlds forward on kind of the the genesis of the pre-crisis. Uh, I don't say the genesis of the pre-crisis multiverse, it's not, but the exploration of it through the JLA-JSA team-ups. Now, the Great Darkness Saga... Okay, when you say the Great Darkness Saga, I'm thinking the classic stuff from the, uh, I want to say the 80s in the Legion story. Now, there are multiple collections of that. There's a hardcover, which covers like that entire year of stuff that Paul Levitz was doing. But then there's a trade that covers just the, the core part of the Great Darkness Saga. And I did a back issue spotlight on the hardcover having checked with that co-host of, you sure you want to do it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that co-host was much more interested in the core story of the Great Darkness Saga, not the first, I don't know, two-thirds of the hardcover that preceded it. And we kind of raced through a lot of those earlier issues where I thought there was a lot more to talk about. And then it felt like we went from, you know, Mach 10 down to a, a snail's pace when we hit the Great Darkness Saga itself. And part of that is just having co-hosts that are on the same page as to what we're covering and to what level of depth. So do I want to do another back issue spotlight on the Great Darkness Saga? I'm not going to say it's at the top of my list, but with the right co-host, yeah, I could be talked into that. And certainly at some point I'll get to that. But given that is a story that took place in the 80s, the odds of me getting to that on the Legion Spotlight anytime soon, very low. Just again, I'm trying to go through this in, in you know chronological order and such, and that was around issue, I don't know, the 280s, 290s or whatever. So that was from like 1982-ish, and I'm still in 1963, so I've got about two decades worth to get up to it. So yeah, uh, certainly, like I said, doing some back-issue spotlights to, to do a, a look ahead or jump ahead to some key storylines. I could very easily be talked into that. And for some stories, I think there's a lot to be said for having co-hosts on, particularly something like the Legion of Three Worlds, which just has really the most Legion characters possible for any storyline to have, having three entire you know rosters of the Legion and such. I'm trying to think what other Legion storylines would be kind of fun to do. I mean, I always enjoyed the Secrets of the Legion of the Superheroes miniseries, but that was as much an origin story for a lot of the characters is anything else. And I'd really have to go back through my reading list, add in story titles and such to get a sense of what other stories would be fun to do with co-hosts and stuff. And certainly, if if you listeners have thoughts and suggestions, please reach out and, and let me know, because Legion is just a, a terrific group of characters, and I'm not limiting the coverage to just the Legion spotlight. But again, those episodes are as much of an experiment on can I do solo podcasting as anything else. And I'll be honest, there are some times where I'm getting the, the episode done just before it's, it's coming out and I need to be working a little ahead. It's, it's easier to procrastinate on a solo podcast than one that I'm recording with somebody else. But again, back issue spotlights are certainly game for doing with the Legion 
Also, if there are roundtable discussion topics around the Legion, I think that could be fun too, or other topics as well beyond just the Legion. So yeah, I think the episodes are going pretty well. There are times where I feel like I'm just making great progress on it. There are other times where it's like, man, it's taking forever to get through some of this in terms of getting the episodes released and whatnot. And I'll be honest, they're taking a lot more time to put these episodes together than I had originally envisioned. But a part of that is I'm just getting lost in the story and indulging my curiosity as I read through this stuff and record some of this stuff. And again, I've been trying to take some good notes on it and in some cases succeeding on that, in other cases failing miserably on that. So I may be playing around in the upcoming episodes with different workflows to how I read and record the episodes and the stories just to see if I can get things a little more streamlined and faster. I've, I've given some thought to almost, not almost, but literally recording the episode as I am reading the issue to see how that goes. But I try to I try to put a little more thought into what I'm saying before recording than that process would would probably result in. But that would certainly speed up the would probably speed up the pace of of getting the episodes out. So again, we've covered about the first five years of the Legion continuity, having gone back for some earlier stories. If there are questions you have on the Legion Spotlight, like I've said, I've got a thread on the forum for that. If there are issues you think I have missed and should cover, either because they're Legion-specific, or add some good background elements that would flesh out the reading experience, please let me know. And if you have any other thoughts, comments, and suggestions on either Legion Spotlight episodes or any others, reach out, let me know, because I appreciate that kind of feedback and engagement. So with that, we'll call it an episode. The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.